In this episode, we have our April 2021 General Conference Wrap-Up. Is it that time of year already? You know, two times a year, every year since the beginning of Mormonism. They have painted themselves in a corner with that they really schedule. Have. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta I gotta be honest, that's just not getting any better. So we have some excerpts from a couple of talks. We're gonna talk about my trip to Utah and um we have a who's your sky daddy. Who's your sky daddy? Mm-hmm. It's kind of my new favorite uh segment. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> Should we get to it? Yeah, be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. I'm Mary. I'm Shelly. What are we talking about here? Uh, Today, (laughs) we're going to talk about my trip to Utah, which was recent, of which I'm still recovering. Yeah, you are. From which? From which I'm still recovering. Okay. Um, also when I was there, it was general conference weekend. So we're going to talk about some uh, lovely, lovely general conference talks. Yeah. What do you want to uh, get into first, Shelly? I think in general conference, it's fresh on my mind, mm. but only because it's the first notes that I wrote. <laughs> get your general conference fresh here. I don't know why I did that. Not, so, yep. Uh, yep. Not <laughs> sure. <laughs> not sure. By the way, I'm a little tired. I've been trying to yeah. recover from my week in Utah. It was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, it always takes so much out of you. This might have been the most taking-ish one. I just made a word. Yep, you sure did. The most taking-ish. Okay. I the think trip that has are, taken the most. Yep, I think people are following along. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whew, your parents. Yeah. It's rough. It's a rough, it a rough situation. One. We'll get to that later. Uh, oh, because we want to do general conference first. I mean, we can get to it now. You know what? This is your story. Should I go in the order of my notes? Sure. <laughs> That'll be the first time that I actually go in the order of my notes. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's try something new. Okay. So general conference, April of 2021. Hey, we're in that month right now. We are. We are. And I just I just want to say that the LDS Church is getting way progressive when it comes to women. I'm pretty excited <laughs> about that because back in 1971 in general conference— there were 42 men who spoke and zero women. Okay. So now, though, with all the progressivism in 2021, how many years is that? 71, 81, 91, um, 50, 50 years. Shit. 50 years later, uh, this last general conference, there were 35 men who spoke, mm-hmm. only 35, and a whopping two. women who were allowed to speak from the pulpit in general conference. They're just really getting with the times. Y'all are so great. You Mormon church. I feel so so equal in that mix. So so represented. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How many people of color spoke? Do you have that statistic handy? Oh, um, you know, I wonder if I can find a picture. Oh, how many LGBTQ folks spoke at the pulpit? I'm going to go with zero. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to go with zero because I bet there are some on the DL. <laughs> Probably. Break free. Be freely gay. Oh, my God. As if they're listening. Yeah. Be free of oppression in general is what I'm saying. All right. I found the names of everyone who spoke and they have a picture. So let's go through. <laughs> okay. Joy D. Jones. Here's your one woman. Joy. Look at you all blonde with your neck scarf. So proud, so proud. Oh, Jan E. Newman. Oh, wait, that's a man. My bad, my bad. 
We've got Garrett Gong. Okay, representation. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else can we find here. We've got a Jorge. Good job, Jorge. Way to get in there. Uh, oh, we have a couple of African-American representatives. Oh, there's, they are working it. Oh, people who spoke? These people yeah. actually spoke. You know what, though? They all sound the same. Meaning... There's a way to be a Mormon. Yes, and there's a way to speak in general comforts. It's the same... Trust me. Just trust me. I can't mm-hmm. think of the word the same cadence to the way you speak. Okay? Sure. It doesn't matter where you're from. You speak the same cadence. Let's see. We have oh, a couple of Hispanics. Way to work. Way to work. I mean, they're to the point where they're trying to insert some um, some color. Okay. But not some gender. They're still down to two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have they ever had more than two women speak, though? I don't know. I'd have to look. It's, yeah. it's never been a lot. No. For sure. Mm-hmm. So progressive. Good job, Mormons. Good job. Way to go. So let's focus a bit on the prophet. Mm, always meaning, a treat. Meaning Russell M. And I got to tell you, he pissed a lot of people off. Just and this time? I mean, every time. <laughs> so there's this thing that they, meaning the men of conference, like to do every conference, which is to shame the non-believers. Um. Shame the people who have left. Shame the people who are questioning, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to feel dirty about yourself if you're questioning because then you can interpret that as being the Holy Spirit telling you you are being bad by questioning. I love it when I'm shamed by the Holy Spirit. It's so... So peaceful. It is. <laughs> it is, right? Guilted. <laughs> so here we go. The prophet is talking about people who are having challenges, people who are questioning. And he says, your mountains may be loneliness, doubt, right? The doubters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Illness or other personal problems. Your mountains will vary, and yet the answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. Mm. Gotta fucking try harder. Then he said, well, he didn't say that part. I said that. (laughs) But then he says, that takes work, which is basically you gotta fucking try harder. Mm -hmm. So here's the part that pissed everyone off. Lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. (laughs) If you're questioning, it's because you're fucking lazy. I so, got to say, I did more scriptural. Let's let's just talk religion-y, okay? Mm-hmm. I read the scriptures more in the one year that I was on the fence than I ever did. Right. And I'm talking uh, New Testament. I'm talking Jesus. I read more Jesus-y shit mm-hmm. in that one year that I was fence-sitting than I ever read scriptures my entire, what it was, 43, four, whatever, 40-some years that I was in the church. Right. Did your faith increase as a result? My faith that the Mormon church was fucked up and wasn't actually <laughs> Jesus-y sure did. Sure shit did. I also read actual history, mm-hmm. actual journal entries from early Mormons, mm-hmm. and clearly came to the conclusion that it was bullshit. So to call me a lazy learner— Fuck you, bro. I say the lazy learners are those of you in your religion who decide to only follow the prophet. Do what the prophet says, read what the prophet says to read. That's called lazy. Yeah. So I think the biggest problem with the Mormon religion and the Mormon leaders 
is that they don't motivate or encourage their congregation. No, not to actually... No, they're just guilting and shaming you. Oh, yeah. Like you're not doing enough. Right, right, right. Yeah. And faith and works really are not the same thing at all, Mm -mm. according to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Faith is really a belief. Like when you get on an airplane, you have faith that the pilot and the co-pilot and the crew all know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get you safely to your destination, Mm -hmm. right? So we know the percentage is really high that that's going to work out. Right. That's why you have faith in it. You have faith in them. There's nothing you have to do Mm -hmm. to ensure that it's going to happen. All you have to do is believe and trust, and you get on the plane, and you trust, and you get there generally without hiccup, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's faith. Right. It's not like I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to serve all these callings. No. I'm going to go on this mission. I'm going to marry the right person. I'm going to do, 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 do. That equals faith. They're different things. You're right. And the works that Mormon Church requires, all that does is to brainwash you further into the cult. Right. So example, works means go to the temple, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're promising to obey your husband. You're promising to cut your bowels out if you ever reveal the secrets. Like all of the works are there to just brainwash you more. So the works, meaning read the Book of Mormon, right? Which is obviously you've been told skewed to Mormonism. Um, Read church materials. Mm -hmm. Read conference talks. Everything that's going to brainwash you further. When they say works, they don't mean like investigate other religions and see what they're all about. No, 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 Yeah, don't ask any questions. No. No. No, let's keep you good and brainwashed. Yeah, well, they know that when people start asking around and doing some research, they know what conclusion they're going to come to. Yeah, because there's so much out there now. So they really, really have to... Guilt and shame you. Guilt and shame. And (laughs) what does it mean when you get cut off from everything around you? Isolate. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I'm a little tired. <laughs> Told you, still in recovery. Took I'm a, here for you. Took a lot of sleeping assistance last night. <laughs> All legal. Thank you very much. Not that it matters, but yeah. Well, we're glad to have you with us. <laughs> <laughs> I am barely with us. It's true. We're glad that um, CBD, Benadryl, melatonin, haze. You woke up in spite of all that. It was close. It was a close call. It was a close call. So I'll get to the other conference talk in a second, but I wanted to say about my mom and dad. So my mom is losing her mind. It's basically gone at this point. We'll get to that later. But my mom has been an obedient wife, following all the rules, doing all the obedient wife things for her entire life, Mm -hmm. right? She's very kind, very charitable, very giving, very loving. Put herself dead last like a proper Mormon wife should. Yeah, of course she did. Way Mm -hmm. to go. After one of the conference sessions, I was chatting with her, and she was telling me that she is worried because she hasn't tried hard enough in life. She needs to repent. And I'm like, Mom, no, you don't. Yes, I do. I'm like, repent of what? And she goes, I can't remember because she's losing her mind. (laughs) I just know that I should feel guilty and shameful about something. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And so she's probably having a bad day. She has a lot of bad days. Mm -hmm. And again, in the church, they teach you when you are not happy, it's because there's sin in your life that you haven't repented of or been forgiven of. So here's my mom, 10,000 years old, has the mind of a of a 20,000-year-old. And her takeaway from conference was tears and crying and guilt and shame mm-hmm. because there is something that she needs to repent of. 
fuck you, General Conference. Fuck you, Mormon Church. She does not deserve that in her older years. Another story. So while I was in Utah, we had to move my parents again, and and I'll get to that later again. And the director of the facility that we moved them to, we were sitting and chatting, and she was saying that her father is elderly, and he had uh, prostate cancer, some kind of cancer. I'm pretty sure it was prostate cancer, like 10 years ago, right? And he had blessings and obviously medical treatment, and the cancer was cleared up, or at least made so it wasn't growing, right? So what a blessing. God loves me. I've been healed. Mm -hmm. Faith, 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 faith. This was all God and the priesthood, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward, the prostate cancer 10 years later flares up again, as it does, right? And he, with all of his faith, is like, huh, give me a blessing and we'll get it treated. I'll be good. So he gets the blessings, he prays, everyone's praying for him, he gets the treatment, blah, 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 guess what? Cancer does not go away. Cancer does not go away, progressively Mm -hmm. getting worse. And so now he is heartbroken. Mm. He believes that he has some kind of sin in his life that he hasn't had cleared up yet or been forgiven for, and that's why God won't heal him. Mm. So he is depressed He feels like a sinner. He's full of guilt. He's full of shame. This is an old-ass man. I think she said he was almost 90. Wow. Old-ass man feeling guilt and shame because God will not heal his cancer because God is upset with him. What the fuck? (sighs) This church isn't good for anybody. No. Nobody. No. Can you imagine your last few years on earth being riddled with guilt and shame? No. And, you know, living to almost 90 is a great accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Nothing to be ashamed of there. No. No. But because his prostate cancer was healed once, God's unhappy with him because he won't heal him twice. And he had the faith. He knew he was going to be healed. Mm -hmm. Guess what, people? It just doesn't work that way. No, faith and bullshit is just that. It's bullshit. It's rolling the dice. are Mm -hmm. that... Sky Daddy, which, oh, we're going to get to that later, yeah, too, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is not just an order taker upstairs Mm-mm. somewhere like, Mm-mm. oh, can I get your fries with that? And like, let me write let me write down your order. Order yeah. up. Yeah, you know, let's see. We got um, like 17-year-old lost her Jetta keys, found them, got uh-huh. it. Uh, 90-year-old prostate cancer. Okay, Check. let's heal Check. him mm-hmm. for his last six months online. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just not real, everyone. It's just not real. Right. And it makes me angry that— People get so caught up in it. Yeah. And and specifically right now, my mom. Yeah. uh, Feeling like she needs to repent. Like, what the fuck, mom? You have nothing to repent for. Especially not now when you're old and senile and like, no, just relax and live your last years being happy. But that ain't going to happen. Well, and she's taken such a downturn. I think that you and I had conversations when she still was in pretty good shape mentally, that chances were your dad would pass before your mother, mm-hmm. and then your mother would be living it up at Trio, making all these friends, going yeah. to bingo or whatever they do there, and doing all this fun stuff. It just isn't happening. That, that has way. not happened. That's no. true. That's true. And it's not going to. No. I don't want to get there yet, though. Okay. I'm trying to go in order of my notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's circle back to whatever you okay, got Okay, we'll circle now. back. Um, so there's Russell M. Nelson's telling everyone that they're lazy if they question. Fuck you. Find me someone who has left the church who did it out of laziness. Mm-hmm. Find me someone who has left the church before researching, yeah. before questioning, before learning. Well, can I say something about laziness for a second? Yeah, go ahead. 
I like sleeping in on Sundays. I don't want to get dressed up and go somewhere. Maybe you would be a lazy learner. That's okay. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's okay to be lazy and it's leave okay. a cult. Like, any reason to leave a cult yeah. is good. But the fact that he's shaming anyone who's mm-hmm. questioning, say, no, you need more faith. Fuck you, dude. It means you need more brainwashing. You need more blind obedience. Yeah, if I don't want to go to church because I want to enjoy myself on a Sunday, have a leisurely breakfast and coffee. <laughs> what's, so, what's so wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, screw you. You don't mm-hmm. get to decide if I'm lazy or not. No. Mm-mm. So moving on, mm-hmm. but still in the realm of General Conference, there's a man by the name of Elder Neil L. Anderson. And you know what's interesting is I look back, one of the major reasons that Brent and I kept having kids was from one of his talks years ago where he said, the commandment of go forth and replenish the earth is still in effect. Like I took that shit like, oh shit, okay, yeah, I know better the, get on it. The earth is really lacking population. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Good idea. That, that's, a, that's a great one. <laughs> Keep making more babies. Mm-hmm. He's all about telling people to have more babies. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, I did not watch conference. Didn't have time. Didn't want to hear the fucking Motab. But these were all things that people were complaining about online. So when I saw a lot of complaints for a specific topic, I looked into who it was that said that shit and what they said. So basically, Neil L. Anderson was talking about moms. Because you know what I love? Hmm. I love when men talk about what (laughs) women should do. That's fucking awesome. Because they know. They know how we feel. Yep. They sure do. (laughs) (laughs) So his talk was a lot about how people with troublesome pregnancies, high risk, they need to have faith and it's okay to keep having more babies. Like that's what God would do, right? Wow. Of course, he went on about how abortion is evil and blah, blah, blah. And something that I saw, which was awesome, popped up on my Facebook feed. And this is an article. It says, LDS Church should not cast stones at women who choose abortion. And the author of this is a girl by the name of Kelly Woodfield. She was in my ward when Brent and I lived in Utah. She was like 12 at the time. Okay. Kelly, if you're listening. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> so proud. Although, so damn proud. I'm guessing she's a woman now and not a girl. She is a woman. She's actually <laughs> like a doctor and shit. She's freaking awesome. Okay. She is still LDS. My guess is... That won't last her whole life. She seems to be on the path of really being not okay with some teachings there. In the well, church. when you start questioning, let's face it, well, that you means don't she, last long. That means she's a lazy learner because she's <laughs> questioning. Anyway, I wanted to read this article because it is that good. Okay. And I am so proud that I was her young women's leader for probably a year, I want to say. So damn proud. Oh, and this went to the Salt Lake Tribune. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Go, Kelly. During the April 3rd session of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Easter General Conference, Elder Neil L. Anderson spoke bluntly of the evils of abortion in our society, advocating for members to rally against its prevalence. He praised the mother who chose adoption over abortion and lauded the choices of those who desired more children despite facing consequences of a high-risk pregnancy. So let's analyze. You know, Everyone has their own opinions, right? Abortion has been in, in debate since the beginning of time, practically. And I don't care what your position is. Just fucking don't guilt the person 
who has gone against your decision, especially a mother who has had an abortion. This is not just an easy choice that women come to. And people who are anti-abortion tend to think that there's all these whores out there sleeping around, getting pregnant, and just going into the clinic, getting free, you know, chop that baby up, pull it out. Like, that's what the attitude is. Well, and I would argue that you get to have any opinion you want. You get to be anti-abortion. Sure. But what I think you don't get to do is guilt and shame another person for not thinking exactly like you do on any topic. Exactly. So he talks about the evils, of course, because that would be in his opinion, whatever. But then he goes above and beyond by praising the mom who chooses adoption over abortion. Like, you made the right choice. Those other ones did not make the right choice. Mm -hmm. And he also praises the people who, again, high-risk pregnancy, but they go ahead to keep having kids. The fuck, dude? Man? Easy for you to say. Yeah. You're not risking your life to have a child. And so in that way, he's also shaming those who are like, um, we're done having kids. I almost died. I don't want to do that again. Right, 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 right. You need to have more faith. That's the easy way out. Yeah, you lazy mom. Mm-hmm. All right, Kelly continues on. As an OBGYN physician and member of the LDS Church, I listened in stunned silence at his words, contemplating the irony of their juxtaposition to Elder Dale G. Runland's admonition just minutes before to not only abstain from casting stones, but to be stone catchers when interacting with the metaphorical women caught in adultery in our society. So apparently in a talk given previous to Neil L. Anderson, there was actually some good messaging about how we shouldn't cast the first stone sort of thing, which is a good message, okay? Mm -hmm. But then it's followed up with this dude, right? Kelly goes on, I therefore write this as a plea for clarification in how we are to view women who find themselves caught in the highly politicized and agonizingly complex decision to have an abortion. Mm. By the way, Kelly, one of these days you will learn that you don't need a man to clear shit up for you. You don't need the church to clear <laughs> shit up for you. Um, she might actually already feel that way, but— um, Don't hold the, your breath. Yeah, don't hold words. your breath. And most of the church will just go with exactly what this asshole has said, okay? Mm-hmm. I can't believe he's actually encouraging women to put themselves in greater risk just to continue making— Babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say Mormon babies in particular. Oh, yeah, duh. Because otherwise, that's the only way they're going to make more Mormons because people are leaving. Yeah. He also, in his talk, speaks of a woman who righteously gave her baby up to a family. Of course, he had to mention it was a righteous LDS family mm-hmm. who would lead them up in the ways to God. Yeah, because otherwise, they're going to lose their numbers mm-hmm. more than they are now, and their yeah. tithing dollars. Yeah. Oh, they are definitely gone beyond the slow leak of members to kind of like a waterfall gushing. Right. Keep leaving, everyone, Keep and leaving. tell your friends. It's way better <laughs> yeah. on the other side. All right, Kelly continues, I am not an abortion provider, but I have seen many abortions. In fact, the first abortion I witnessed was one of the most profoundly spiritual experiences of my life. Wow. She was a 14-year-old girl from a poor neighborhood in Queens who found herself pregnant, scared, and alone. While I was holding her hand, anti-abortion rhetoric played in my mind. Of course, because you've been fed since you were mm-hmm. little. That How evil. Uh, played in my mind, but was powerfully silenced by an overwhelming feeling of love and compassion that I felt came straight from God. She was important, and God knew why she chose what she did. 
Wow. Since then, I've been very sensitive to the rhetoric of othering, using language and stories that set us apart from the rest of God's children by labeling ourselves as the faithful. Mm -hmm. It seems based on a gospel of prosperity where we conflate our social privilege with blessings stemming from our personal righteousness. Yeah. Jesus. She's right. It's like we, because we're righteous and in God's favor, we make the right choices. Oh, for sure. And you get to look down on anyone who doesn't choose exactly what you would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this next paragraph. And this is true for me as well. The first part. It was not until I was forced to regularly associate with members of the world, in quotations, the world is <laughs> Everyone anyone else. who's not Mormon. <laughs> right. Yeah, the world, the evils of the world. The pregnant mother using heroin, the college student who was sexually assaulted while intoxicated, and the transgender man needing a pap smear that I realized just how much I yearned to be seen as part of this human community, not above it. Hmm. Oh, hell yeah, Wow, That's exactly— And she's still attending Mormon church. I mean, I did that. I I had a, a, you know, straddling both sides for a while. I was starting to realize I don't want to be part of this quote-unquote elite community because it's not. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to be part of humanity. Sure. And I feel like this is what she's explaining, what her feelings are, because I've been through it, and I think a lot of you listeners have, have been through that as well. Then she says, Because here was love and forgiveness, even if it was messy. Here were clear manifestations of the atonement of Christ in action. Here was clear evidence of our need for a Savior to bring about justice, social justice, and provide healing to a world marred by generations of abuse and systemic discrimination. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Moving on. She says, I was also concerned when Anderson praised women who opt to pursue high-risk pregnancies. Like, what a fucker. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Right. Easy for him to say. Mm-hmm. I agree that the decision to have a child is highly personal. However, when rhetoric such as this is directed toward a community where motherhood is believed to be a woman's highest calling and where women are socialized to believe their value is directly proportional to their propensity for sacrifice, it is hard not to see his message as subtly coercive. Where Maybe not so subtly. No, not so subtly. (laughs) I mean, not to us who were out of it. We're like, what the fuck, bro? But within the church, when he gave that talk quite a few years ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to have more kids. That was subtle. Mm -hmm. Saying that, you know, the commandment to go forth and replenish the earth is still in effect. Like, because I was in the church so deeply, it wasn't like a big, loud banging. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's right. I wish they had somebody there to just, like, translate it for the people. Like, (laughs) So basically, what you're saying is— Put yourself at risk to just have more kids. Yeah, because that's what Put you're your supposed life to be risk. good at. Like, that's the only thing you're good for is having more babies. So, so even if you die, sacrifice. it's okay. Yeah. Because hopefully your baby will live. For sure. And someone can raise it to be Mormon. Yeah, and you will reach the highest level of the celestial kingdom because of your sacrifices, and you get to be um, a plural wife to your husband forever. <laughs> Yay! Oh, and you get to keep having babies. <laughs> Yay again. Uh, Anyway, she says, it is hard not to see his message as subtly coercive where a mother's decision to risk physical or emotional health is portrayed a spiritual necessity rather than personalized choice. That's right. I don't give a shit what you actually want. Mm -hmm. To obey God, right? To sacrifice yourself like a woman should, that's what you need to choose. Once again, this feeds into who's your sky daddy because your heavenly father wants you to risk your life Mm -hmm. to glorify his children. Yeah, of course, of course. 
Then she says, as an OBGYN, church seems the natural place to process my experiences and growing dissonance. Mm -hmm. She's going to leave, I'm telling you. I yearn for a community where I can share stories, real, sometimes controversial. Instead, all too often I find a community that vilifies the experiences and people that have become most sacred to me, my patients. That's right, Kelly. Good luck getting up and fast and testimony meeting and talking about the trans man who needs a pap smear. Mm -hmm. They will yank your ass off the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the experiences that mean the most to her, and she can't share them. Mm-hmm. She's so she's so almost out the door. <laughs> you got this, girl. Leave. Uh, We're rooting for you. I was so rooting for Kelly. You know, I always thought I always thought she was special. I did. She was a little a bit dumb, super sporty. Okay. Are you trying to out her? Um, What's I'm happening? Just kidding. I'm not assuming anything. Jeez. I am not, but. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, last thing she says. And so I ask, please explain how we as Christians are to view these women caught in abortion. Do they merit our efforts to catch stones? Or are we, the faithful, obligated to continue casting them? I would say, according to the leaders of the Mormon church, you're supposed to be shaming and guilting other people. Isn't that part of... Your job as a Mormon? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. The only thing that I think that this letter lacked, I think it should have started off with, what the fuck, you motherfucker? (laughs) Or dear motherfucker. (laughs) Dear dear fucking motherfucker, you fuckity fuck, how dare you? I like it. You like that? I like it. I'm not sure that would have been printed in the Salt Lake Tribune. Probably not. Maybe it could have just been like asterisks. Dear asterisks. Sure, all those like... You know, dollar sign and right, right, exclamation right. Like, point. Like cartoon swears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, people like Kelly give me hope that there are Mormons, current Mormons, who are seeing the problems within the church, who are feeling that dissonance, who are realizing, shit, no one cares about my experiences because they don't line up exactly with what they're supposed to be. Right. She's going to leave. And I hope that articles like this will help other Mormons to think and be like, yeah, shit. And then— do your research, you know, in other words, be a lazy learner and get the fuck out of the cult. Keep leaving people, keep leaving and bring your friends with you. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, sure, it would be great if one of these days someone who speaks up against what they think is an atrocity from the pulpit would, you know, be listened to. Uh, change could potentially be made. No, no one's going to speak that from the pulpit. Right. So— the people that have a problem and are willing to stand up and say something and have an article published, let's say, mm-hmm. or stand outside of the temple for a week or two and do a fast like Sam Young, you yeah, know, yeah. people who are willing to— You know, they just get excommunicated, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, unfortunately, we already know the, the trajectory of Kelly's uh, situation. We know mm-hmm. she's going to leave the church because the church will not be willing to listen to her. Yeah, the church isn't going to change enough to satisfy her. And— You know what? If I'm wrong, that's fantastic. That means that the church could progress. The church could— Wait, remember two ladies spoke in general conference versus (laughs) 35? Yeah, there's your So, Kelly, join us is what we're saying. (laughs) join us. I always liked you. I honestly really did. I always thought you were a cool kid. Mm -hmm. You know, I think—maybe I'll reach out to her. I'm wondering if she's received backlash within her ward— I wonder where she lives now. I know that she lived in New York where she was a doctor. If she's still in New York, it's probably okay because those— 
East Coasters tend to be more accepting. It would be interesting to see the reaction to the article. I wonder if there's comments. Let me look. Hold on. Oh, there's 47 of them. Oh, you got some comments? I do. And I'm happy to see that most of them are in her favor. Really? Again, this is the Salt Lake Tribune, not the Deseret News. Gotcha. So Deseret News is more of your, like, super Mormon Salt Lake Tribune, less so. Most people here, by the way, are very supportive. Very well expressed, Kelly. This is really good commentary. You know, lots of good stuff. Oh, someone says, the only time most men understand there is a problem is when it affects them. No surprise here. Mm-hmm. The LDS church in general is made of elitists. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, of course. Here's the one comment made by asshole Randall McKinnon. I'm going to go ahead and call him an asshole even though I've never met him. He says, abortion is a choice, but so are all other sins. The issue is whether or not God condemns and forbids abortion. If he does, then the church and the prophet must speak out. Personal feelings and experiences are irrelevant. You don't argue with God. Mm, Yeah, last time I got into an argument with God. Oh, wait, no, that's never happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, Randall. (laughs) You fucker. You know what? I'm going to go with it's a personal choice, and it is not our place to judge somebody else's personal choice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Steve Edwards says, um, last time I checked, and this is re- him responding to asshole Randall McKinnon, last time I checked, God does not have a position on abortion. Problem solved. They don't talk about it in the scriptures, but what they do talk about in the scriptures I don't know. I feel like moving on to who's your sky daddy. Cutting a baby in half? <laughs> well, there, there is that. <laughs> or threatening to cut a baby in half. That's uh-huh. very kind. Very godlike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, that is my general conference wrap-up. I just had to pick out those two pretty fucking offensive talks <sighs> and highlight my awesome young women at the time, Kelly Woodfield. I know. You you helped mold her into I did. the person she is. I, probably by she never listened to anything I said because I'm sure I was spouting the same bullshit. So, Kelly, if you're Way ever listening, go. I love you. I think I'm going to reach out to her. I think you should. I think I will. All right. Before we move on, I think we should take a little commercial break. I got to pee. Oh, well, that works out. Let's do it. We'll be right back. And we're back. So are you feeling like you want to talk about your Utah trip on this episode? I don't think I'm ready yet. I really don't. It's still a little sharp. Mm. I'm exhausted of it. I think it would be a disservice to the topic if I just go into it right now. I know we said we talk about, I'm not, guys, I'm not ready. Just not ready yet. And I'm sure they understand. I'm still very exhausted by it. And I don't want to put myself through that emotional trauma again. Maybe next week. Okay. No worries. What do you want to talk about? Uh, how about we do a Who's Your Sky Daddy? <laughs> oh, I did love you, it. Did you ever make like a theme song for that? Get, get Not it together. Not yet, but perhaps by the time this airs. Okay, well, um, we'll be we're surprised. Gonna, here it is. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it is, I hope it's a good one. And if, <laughs> it, if it's not, I hope maybe next time. <laughs> All right, who's your sky daddy? So we are going to jump into Deuteronomy because there's some crazy ass shit in there. The book of Deuteronomy is actually the fifth book of the Jewish Torah and the fifth book of the Old Testament, where it's also known as the fifth book of Moses. So these are basically sermons and speeches delivered to the Israelites by Moses. So it was not actually God talking, but it's God talking through Moses, right? Right. Everyone thinks, you know, Moses spoke for God. Well, yeah, Ten Commandments. Hello. Yeah, I know. I know. So this is a great one. You ready? I'm and so I'm ready. wondering what's the point, but whatever. To any of it. It's true. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 11 and 12. 
when men strive together, one with another, so when they fight, right? Strife? Strive. It says strive. Okay. You want me to, to read like a more modern version? Okay, ready? If two men, a man and his countryman, are struggling together, and the wife of one comes near to deliver her husband from the hand of the one who is striking him, so two men are fighting. The wife is like, guys, break, break it, up. it up. Yeah. And puts her hand and seizes his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> then you shall cut off her hand. You shall not show pity. Oh, shit. So this is a law. Thanks, Deuteronomy <laughs> and Moses. So if your husband, who you love, is getting in a fight, let's say bar fight, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him, right? Uh -huh. And you as a wife like, shit, I don't want my husband to get the shit kicked out of him. I don't run there. Fucking grab this guy by the nuts and leave him alone. <laughs> Guess what? You're getting your hand cut off. That's the law. You ever touch someone's nuts? Bye-bye <laughs> hand. Uh, but I'm sure she can be grabbed by the pussy, no problem. Of course. <laughs> We're still doing that today. Yeah, no one's getting their hands cut off. So this is an example of a woman trying to be helpful and trying to save her husband. <laughs> I want to punch you in the balls, dude. Yeah, I, that's what I would do. I'd kick someone in the nuts, right? <laughs> well, it's a way to break up a fight, I'm it thinking. It sure is. They didn't have pepper spray back then. No, they have nuts back then like they still do. But if your <laughs> mm -hmm. hand, while you're trying to break up the fight, happens to touch the genitals of yeah. the other man, chop, chop. <laughs> Bye-bye hand. That hand will never touch genitals again. Right. Moses, thank you for those wise words. So glad that you were an instrument of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the Old Testament so much. It's so good. I bet you I'm going to find a bunch of shit in Deuteronomy. Bunch of shit. If Thanks, we're Moses. lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> if we're lucky. So another thing I want to do in our Who's Your Sky Daddy um, section here is there's some hymns. Oh, really? To talk about Sky Daddy or Jesus. Same thing. No one really knows. Well, is it from the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's a hymn. I don't know. Psalms? No, it's an actual hymn. That in someone a hymnal. wrote in yes. a hymnal somewhere. <laughs> is this a Mormon hymnal? Yes. <laughs> okay. This is so great. Thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. I don't know. All the listeners are like, Mary, what the fuck? It makes sense to us. <laughs> Get it together. Well, I thought that Who's Your Sky Daddy was supposed to be readings from the Bible. That was my impression of this segment. <laughs> uh, okay, well, my impression was just random bad shit that God does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with that. <laughs> Although this doesn't really fit into that. Okay, well, this is not a part of Who's Your Sky Daddy. Well, then by all means, let's include it in this segment because that makes total sense. <laughs> Everything I do uh -huh. makes total sense. This song is to help us feel guilt about mm. the pain that we cause Sky Daddy's only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that was sent to die, mm -hmm. because a good dad will send one of his kids to die. Absolutely. Yep. This is hymn number 189, and it's called, Oh Thou Before the World Began. And I'm not going to sing it, because I don't even know the tune. But the words are, Oh Thou Before the World Began, ordained a sacrifice for man. Meaning Jesus. Uh -huh. Or Jehovah. Jehovah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the eternal spirit made an offering in the sinner's stead. By the way, made instead, don't rhyme, you dumbass. <laughs> Our everlasting priest art thou, pleading thy death for sinners now. So let's just talk about how God sent Jesus because we're fucking sinners and he had to die for us. Mm -hmm. Thy offering still continues new before the righteous father's view. Thyself the lamb forever slain. Let's remind everyone that he died for us. Thy priesthood doth remain unchanged. 
doth unchanged remain. My bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct grammar. Oh, so they're saying that even though Jesus died, he still has the priesthood. Yes. Isn't that what that's saying? Yeah. Okay, because I was worried. In different words. <laughs> Are you worried? <laughs> and then he didn't have the priesthood anymore. No, he does. Don't you worry. Okay. He okay. has all the fake priesthoods. Okay. Thy years, O God, can never fail, nor thy blessed work within the veil. Within the veil. <laughs> oh, yeah, that stupid veil thing. So dumb. All right, last verse. Oh, that our faith may never move. Don't be a lazy learner. <laughs> but stand unshaken as thy love. Move in love, don't rhyme. <laughs> sure evidence of things unseen. Now let it pass the years between and view thee bleeding on the tree. Oh, my Lord, my God, who dies for me. <laughs> you know, I know that as a mom, I like to guilt the shit out of my kids about everything I've done for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good mom tactic. Yeah, right? Yeah. I guess I'm just taking after Sky Daddy. <laughs> I guess you are. You fuckers! I sent my mm-hmm. favorite son mm-hmm. to die for you. Where's the love? And yet you lack faith? You're a lazy learner. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, God just said, he just said his own name. <laughs> <laughs> does he also say, Jesus Christ, get he in does. line. <laughs> he does. Although Jesus is perfect. Anyway, those are the kind of hymns that I sing. Yeah, up. of course. So it's no wonder that I, I mean, was filled with guilt. Yeah, all Christians, though, to be fair, were guilted over Jesus. <laughs> I to mean, be every fair, single one. They're all fucked up. <laughs> true story. Mormons didn't corner the market on the Jesus dying for you guilt. No, that's true. That, mm-hmm. That's uh, across the board. It sure is. So I'm getting in on this Sky Daddy rating. This is from Leviticus 21, 17 through 24. It talks about God just really doesn't like ugly people. (laughs) (laughs) They're your kids, Sky Daddy. What the fuck? (laughs) Or anyone different from the norm. Again, they're your kids, Sky Daddy. What the fuck? (laughs) So here is a list of the people God does not want coming into churches. Mm. People with blemishes. Oh, shit. Blind people. uh, The lame Those with flat noses. Oh, wow. (laughs) Dwarves. People with scurvy. People with scurvy can't come into the temple or the church. Fuck you, God. Oh, wait. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Um, Sorry, got got caught up in scurvy for a second. (laughs) Uh, People with bad eyes versus the blind. So even if you have, like, I need glasses. Like cataracts? Mm -mm, Don't come in. Yeah, glaucoma. Just smoke pot. Really, that's the best way Mm -hmm. to combat that, I'm thinking. People with bad skin and those that hath their stones broken. What does that mean? Stones your nuts? I don't know. What are stones? Tell me again what that, what's the, uh, (laughs) Leviticus? Leviticus 21 17 through 24. We need to figure out what stones are. Where's Leviticus? I never learned the order of the mm-hmm. Bible. I know. Leviticus, it's right after Exodus. Okay, what ver- What chapter? 21, 17 through 24. Let's are you see. looking this up? Yeah, I can't help it. You can try to find out what stones are? I found out what stones are, and they were what I expected. <laughs> so check this out. This is a newer translation. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron, saying... <laughs> So God's like, Moses, tell Aaron, because I know you don't like to talk and shit. You're all shy. That's where Joseph Smith got that shit. Probably. <laughs> tell this person to tell this uh-huh. person. It's like that uh, telephone game. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's what the Lord says. 
No man of your offspring throughout their generations who has a defect shall approach to offer the food of his God. So yeah, not, not allowed in. Okay. For no one who has a defect shall approach, a blind man, a lame man, or he who has a disfigured face, or any deformed limb, or a man who has a broken foot, or broken hand, or a hunchback, or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye, or eczema, or scabs, or <laughs> crushed testicles. <laughs> How do you check for that? Your testicle's kind of flat. Is it crushed? You can't come in. I, I don't, How do you crush your testicles? I guess You step on it. You cross your legs too quickly? What, what were they doing back then? <laughs> I bet you there's some punishment in here somewhere in Leviticus or some fuck? judges where they're like, if you're not faithful, we'll crush your testicle. <laughs> I can't wait to read that verse next week. I bet we can find it. I bet we can find it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's say you fall and break a wrist or something. You're fucked. You have to wait for your arm to heal before going back to church or the temple or something. Yeah. Because you're considered deformed. So nobody with any irregularity can enter God's house. God's God's house. house. So according to this translation, it basically means they can't offer up sacrifices, which is like a pretty high priesthood order kind of thing. Let's see. It says, He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy, only he shall not go into the veil or come near the altar because he has a defect. So yeah, so that he will not profane my sanctuaries. You're right. So can't Don't go, go in, in the church. Don't go in there. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. You know, it's so easy to see how Joseph Smith got all of his doctrine. Mm-hmm. There's veils. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of judgment. <laughs> I wish Joseph would have put in the part about the crushed testicles, though. I'd love to talk about that in Mormon Sunday School. <laughs> so, Joseph, come on. I might have stayed in. <laughs> You'd be like snoring in the pew, and then suddenly, testicles, what? Testicles. <laughs> crushed testicles. <laughs> huh. Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> Jesus. Ew. <laughs> wow. Why, how was it that a couple weeks ago we were talking about foreskins? <laughs> And now we're talking about crushed testicles. There's something very, like, man about scriptures. Like, they're concerned with man parts because we're men. Yeah, 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 yeah. You either have to be missing foreskins or not, and you certainly need to have all your testicles intact. Yeah, like perfectly round. (laughs) (laughs) How do they measure for that? Are they like, here's a tennis ball. (laughs) Do they have to palm you before you go into the church? Turn turn your head and cough. (laughs) Is that where that came from? It's probably. I'm saying yes. My scripture says yes. That Bible is a real neat treat. It's good. (laughs) It has definitely increased my faith. Um, I am no longer a lazy learner. I'm learning some good shit about testicles. (laughs) That is true. You are. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Lazy no more. Oh, my God. You know, Mm -hmm. you just learned so much in this uh, Who's Your Sky Daddy segment. Yeah. I enjoy it. Speaking of this segment, we had asked, if I recall, you did in particular. Of course I did. Fanny Fact Check. If she— Sister uh, Fanny Fact mm-hmm. Check. Sister Fanny Fact Check. If mm-hmm. she had any insight into two last weeks times. Ago. Yeah, two weeks ago's Who's Your Sky Daddy. Turns out she has some thoughts on the yeah, matter. Of course she does. <laughs> shall we Shall we let her enter? Should we turn the time over? To, to Brother, Brother Ben. Ben, who will turn, <laughs> turn it over to, over, yeah. to yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. And now we turn the time over to Sister Fanny Fact Check. Thank you, Brother Ben, blah, 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 priesthood, yada, yada, testicles. 
You precious sisters asked about the sacred stories in the Bible about stabby shit assassins, foreskin burglary, and prophetic violence against children. And after serving in the stake nursery presidency, let me just say I am here for this. These stories are great examples of how legend, historical rumor, gross-out fables, and seasonal pagan rituals can all be included in sacred scripture. It is just so special that we can have a testimony that all the stories some dude or other once thought worth repeating have become the literal, word-for-word God stories for entire continents worth of a planet's population even if those stories were sort of wonky or derivative or culturally specific. And now, frightened grown-ass adults defer to them for actual decisions in real life and hold politicians to their weird mores, even though nobody really remembers the point. Here are some guesses and interpretations of the stories you read from. Judges. Well, sisters, this is what we call a shitty story. The Book of Judges is supposedly a historical chronicle of a specific time period in the history of the Hebrew people. They had kings for a while, and they had judges for a while. And nothing much changed because kings and judges are both super patriarchal, and thus their stories are the ones that appealed to the little big boys club of gross out and my guy can beat up your guy bravado. This is one of these. If you were an ancient Hebrew dude trying to teach younger Hebrew dudes about how judges are totally more awesome than kings, you'd really love a story about a king who is fat because fat shaming is always comedy gold and pooping because shit is also comedy gold and humiliating for the fat shameful king. So that story is a hit with the young men and becomes, by its popularity and entertainment value, The word of the Lord, whether it happened or not. The next story is a lot like it. When those same youngsters in Torah Talmud school are 16 instead of 14, they aren't as impressed by stabbing fatties as they are by emasculating their enemies where it counts, in their weenies. Because God told Abraham to make his bare weenie tip a sign of a covenant, anybody with an intact weenie was useless and barbarian. Sure, it was primitive and cruel, but just think of it as locker room proof that one boy was okay to interact with and another one of Heavenly Father's precious children on earth was a worthless pile of waste of oxygen. Kind of like when a good Mormon sees a Starbucks cup in another Mormon's car. So by collecting foreskins, not only was God's chosen one beating down the evil, useless Philistines— but he was gathering the only part of their vile flesh that means anything to a covenant God. Now, I have heard people say that maybe it meant he was out converting the Philistines and gathering their foreskins as they volunteered them, and when they made the covenant. But really, potato, potato, right? Colonizing their culture to impose yours on 200 dudes could be seen as almost as violent for a society or more so than killing 200 dudes and gathering their dick trophies. So either way, the winner of the weenies is God. The last one is the sweet Sunday school story of Elijah and the children. 
the Bible loves to tell us that the chosen people are so, so different from those pagan people who used to live nearby. So when the dudes who wrote the Bible had a chance to shit on pagans, just like we should with Starbucks drinkers, by golly, they took it. Elijah was God's prophet, and children who make fun of the Lord's anointed deserve to be killed instantly. It's very likely that this came from a common spring ritual. If you are a pagan and you live in a world dependent on seasons for survival, you might be very happy to see spring return after a long, cold winter. You might get the oldest, most revered person in your community, like a prophet or a king, to play the role of nasty old man winter, just like the old man year in December leaves as the new baby new year comes in in January. Maybe you would recognize, if you were a pagan, that spring is the time when sleeping, hibernating mama bears wake up. And when they do, the little children teasing old man Winter and driving him out of the town with his bald head might see the bears coming and scatter, because the word tear could also mean scatter as well as shatter. And maybe that is way too pagan for an anti-pagan book. So the patriarchal redactors and editors just kept it as a straight-up threat from President Dallin Asshat Oaks. Because if anyone can't stand to be mocked, it's that fucking baldy. And I leave these things with you in the name of Jesus, Penelope Christ. Amen. Oh, thank you for the enlightenment, Sister Fanny Factcheck. We missed you. I know. So so good to hear back from you, you and your wisdom. Your point of view is always appreciated here. Mm-hmm. Never really gave any thought about a pagan ritual as interpreted by a non-pagan spiritual book. <laughs> Fuck no. <knows? laughs> I like it. I'm starting to think it's all fake anyway. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, me too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> should we take a final break and then get into some patron names? I suppose we should. All right. Let's do that. Be right back. All right. We're back to announce some patrons for this week. Oh, you know what? Before we do that, we should give a shout out once again to our coffee sponsor. Woo, woo. Mahogany. Mahogany Queen mm-hmm. Coffee Company with the LDL blend uh, After Dark. LDL After Dark. I just like saying it like that. After Dark. After Dark. Mm-hmm. With notes of what? Brown sugar, chocolate, and molasses, I think is I what think they so. say about Everyone it. all together. After Dark. <laughs> say it with us. Yeah, check it out at latterdaylesbian.org slash coffee. If you come from our website, we get uh, credit from that. So we appreciate that. It's another way to support us. Also, you know, I know the commercials are a pain, but I'm going to remind everybody, if you would like to support us and you can't afford Patreon or Marco Polo channels or coffee, that's fine. Just turn the volume down if you don't want to hear the commercials. Yeah, let them play, though. Let we them play. Get, we get paid pennies, but we do get paid we when a commercial paid. plays. So just yep. turn it down. Don't fast forward. Just turn it down. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Like, It'll you don't okay. want to listen to fucking conference commercials anymore. I get that. Well, we, I think we had those. Well, it's past time, but we had those removed, thankfully. Yeah, so. I got a letter, um, though, that now they're playing BYU TV commercials. <laughs> so Seriously? Just turn that shit down. Fucking oh Mormon, God. stop sneaking in. What Not the hell? your audience. You know, I think what's happening is a third party is buying these ad slots. That's why yeah. it's not as easy to identify. Damn, Damn those sneaky Mormons. Well, okay. What do we got? So I am thinking because we seem to talk a lot about male parts in uh, scripture. <laughs> I'm thinking the new names are going to be male parts according to the first letter of the first name 
Shall we? First letter of the first name. Right. Not the last initial. Well, the, some people don't have a last initial. initial. Last okay. All right. Patron number one. Can I do this one? Yeah. Shelby. Shelby. And it starts with an S. And I got to say sack. <laughs> Shelby, <laughs> middle name nut. Last name sack. Shelby nut sack. Oh, Thank you for, I think Shelby just dropped support <laughs> Sorry, right Shelby. now. Shelby. <laughs> Thank I hope you. Shelby paid a year in advance because <laughs> I think she probably just dropped. <laughs> Which reminds Kinda me, like nut sacks. Yeah, yeah. There is the option to pay a year in advance. Yep. If it's something you want to do, Patreon. Uh, there's a discount if you do. There you go. Dropping like nut sacks. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Felix M. And by the way, Felix M is in some country where they don't use a dollar sign. It's oh. like a, a C with two lines through it. What is that? I don't know. Like some European money. Felix M., where are you from? (laughs) And what's your new last name? Uh, The new last name is Mustache. But wait a minute. I thought we were taking the first initial of the first name. Well, why don't we give Felix two names? (laughs) Why not? We can do what the fuck we want, just like they do in the temple. Do you have an F name? An F name? Oh, my God. I was lucky to come up with Mustache. (laughs) All right, we'll do that for the next one. So this is going to be Felix Mustache. Sorry, Felix, I don't have an F name in me right now. What else? Not only I think I think Felix needs a middle name of bad. Felix Bad Mustache. Okay, because I've seen some bad ones, or some sweet stashes. Oh, we can do that too. Mm -hmm. Okay, you pick, Felix. Felix, um, let us know where you're from with the C with two lines in it as your currency. I guess I could look it up, but I don't want to. I guess you could. Last, uh, you know, second to last patron Isaac N. So are we doing it? With the I or the N? Oh, my God. Is there a body part with an I? I don't know. I'm going to look. Sorry, I've got to cheat on these ones. They're just not coming to me. I'm looking it up. So we could have gone with nipple, right? Mm -hmm. But these are supposed to be male parts in particular. Do you have a male N part? Well, I think in keeping with the theme of the crushed testicle, Uh I'm going to just say nads. Can Isaac's middle name be crushed? <laughs> Isaac crushed nads. Thank you just for your like support. How we just crushed Isaac's hopes and dreams right now. <laughs> Isaac, don't drop your support. I get it. I, I know what you're feeling right now, but just do you? Don't be a lazy learner. Just have faith. <laughs> All right. Our last patron, this person, Bridger R, heard of the podcast, started binging. Joined every single possible support thing he could for us. He did um, Patreon. He did channels. He jumped into the Latter-day Lesbian podcast discussion group. Mm-hmm. Bridger's just all over it. We read Bridger's letter on the podcast. It's true. We did. Mm-hmm. Should we give him a nice name? Bridger R. R, huh? Well, we could go with ribs, for instance. Mm, like Adam? Yeah, we okay. could. Why not uh, rectum, though? Oh, Bridger. <laughs> Bridger rectum. I'm so sorry. Listen, sorry about that. If Bridger drops off all the shit, I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah. Bridger rectum really flows. Bridger rectum. It's like a bridge. I need to go to the doctor and get a Bridgerectomy. I just gave you a new name, Bridgerectomy. Uh, you're welcome, Bridger. Um, Thanks for being a patron and a channels member. Yeah. We have another channels member. Oh, we do. Okay. Amy. S. By the by the way, Amy S., you're on channels, and you show up as having not downloaded the app yet. So download, like install the damn app so you can have fun with us on channels. Yes, Amy, download the app, please. What about um, Sphincter for oh, her l- last name? Or Scrotum, <laughs> since as long as we're on the topic of scrotum. stones. 
<laughs> scrotum seems more appropriate for this episode. Sorry, Amy Scrotum. Sorry, Amy. Feel free to change your name back to whatever you want. <laughs> wow, this one took sort of a dark turn Don't today. they usually, <laughs> for being usually. honest here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, your support, everyone, is fucking awesome. That's how we're able to keep this train running towards mm-hmm. the edge of the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much. If you are interested in offering us financial support, please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. That makes sense. Look at that. I think we're all wrapped up here, Sean. I am wrapped up. I got to go into work. <laughs> do it. Okay. Well, we want to thank Dan from Extension Audio. Thanks for leaving it in, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And please, everybody, steer clear of those cults. They are no joke. No fucking joke. And you have to especially steer clear of them if you have a crushed nutsack. They won't even <laughs> let you in. They won't even let you in the door. So maybe that's in your favor. That is. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 